is the AA show in Agnostic Armenian show for January 9, 2019. How's it going? Oh my god, nine days into the new year. I'm already. I'm. <laughs> I feel like six months have been spent because uh, it's been a very busy start to the new year and whatnot. I mean, Jim's been consistent, which is great, but I've been. Uh, work has been really busy because uh, I'm backing up. Uh, my manager and then uh, also covering my own stuff that has become busier than I thought it was going to be so uh, it's been a rough uh, five days or so since we went back to work six days five days seven days now as of Wednesday so I, I, I even I lost count <laughs> so I knew I, I anticipated this coming into the 2019 so I I was ready at least through the MLK weekend I knew I was like I'm dead I'm dead, and then the next two months, it's going to be a rough patch here and there, but hey, even then, I'm trying to get the podcast out of the way, you know, because I need to, it's my way out, outside the gym, you know, this is the this is the other periodic exercise that I actually enjoy, so anyways, I don't want to waste so much time on it, so I'm just going to, this is the first back-to-back week show that I'm doing, so, um, and uh, I, I, I felt like getting in the mood to record it, so first and foremost, uh, the college football uh i saw the alabama and then the clemson game yesterday wow what a what a fucking ass whooping clemson gave and i okay i don't want to go through the over the same points that other people go through so i'm just gonna say the points that i want to say which is one uh i don't think it was particularly a good offensive game for either team i know alabama outgained clemson and then there were some couple turnovers that were critical and questionable decisions that Alabama and Nick Saban made. But I, I don't think Clemson necessarily, I mean, they executed when needed to. And then, you know, Alabama shot themselves in the foot. But I mean, there are a whole bunch of people that are going like this 19-year-old quarterback, uh, Trevor Lawrence. You know, it's like, he's ready for the NFL. Why is he still here? He's not, he's, he should go, you know. But I'm like, some of the throws that I've seen him throw, and some of the miscues and whatnot, and even the completed ones, I go like, uh, I think it was a fourth touchdown or something when they went up uh, 44 points or 37 to 16. I saw that touchdown where the cornerback for the Alabama, that was like a third cornerback they had. You know, he clearly had a turf toe and twisted his ankle. And so the wide receiver was wide open. Why that guy was wide open, even with the cornerback going down, I have no idea. That's an interesting scheme they ran on that particular play. But that, I mean, I just go like, he got lucked into that throw. But some of the other throws I saw, I go like, I don't know. It could have been sharper. It could have been sharper, you know. So uh, I say calm down on the whole Trevor Lawrence train. I mean, he's a hell of a talent. The boy needs to gain some fucking weight. He's lanky as shit. So uh, he got some. He 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 gotta get some muscles, man. And then I know he's a taller kid. It's not like Baker Mayfield, kind of like Russell Wilson and shit. But I I say ease up on the Trevor Lawrence hype train. I I he definitely has a talent, and then the skills. But is he NFL ready at the age of nineteen? Nah, I don't think so. I don't understand this Herschel Walker argument and shit. So. There's that. And Alabama, is this the end? Is this the end of Nick Saban? I don't know. I mean, the tough thing about the Alabama program is coaches really come and go. So the rotation is ridiculous. So, I mean, even though they recruit, the thing that needs to be consistent outside the head coach is like the, you know, good coaches who will stay and then, you know, develop the players and whatnot. Has that slipped in Alabama the last a little bit? Maybe. Because even Alabama, uh, aside from Amari Cooper, 
and some of the O-line players, I really can't think of that many. I, and then some running backs, based on the scheme, I really can't think of offensive, you know, Alabama prospects. You know, Alabama is about the defense, cornerbacks, linebackers, the nose tackles, defensive ends, you know, all. That is basically every single position. And, you know, so I just go like, it's that D school. The defense shuts everybody down, NFL style, and then NFL loves them for it. And they love the big boys on the line, whether in the offense or the defense. But I go like, do they have the running back? Do they have the tight end? Do they ever develop quarterbacks ever since fucking Joe Namath? You know, I just go like, I don't know, man. I, like, not really. So, offense, uh, you know, Tua, that kid was pretty good. And then last year was a goddamn miracle when they beat Georgia 13 points down at the half. I think that's more of Georgia fucking up more than Alabama coming back. I'm like, they should have put him away. I don't know how that fucking happened. So, there's that, but uh, I, I, the main concern I have for the Crimson Tide is a rotation of continuous rotation of coaches and some of the decision making, especially in the offense. That Dan Enos, I think he he used to be a wide receivers coach for the Wolverines. I don't remember, but I know he was a Central Michigan coach. Nah, maybe he wasn't. I don't remember. So, anyways, he was in the Michigan area, and then now he's down in Alabama. Uh, so I just go like, I don't know, some of those offensive calls, even for the trick, you know, the fail, the fake field goal, I, I just didn't understand, why did you do that at that time, and then Nick Saban just seemed lost, so, you know, maybe it's just, it's just one of those times, but yeah, that would be the only concern, and Clemson, I mean, they're the ones with the consistent coaching, and then the pipeline at the moment, it, you know, it, the real test will come when all the assistants, and then the whatever, Go and move on, become the other head coaches of the other smaller programs. So, you know what? Good for Clemson. Congratulations. It was an entertaining game in one way because I haven't seen Alabama get whooped like that at all in Nick Saban's era. So let's see. But it's really a two-team race at this point in college football. So despite all this, I mean, I, is that going to turn heads at Alabama recruits and then the next signing day? Who knows? Maybe. Uh, but I think rather than giving Clemson an upside on that, I think that gives other programs like Oklahoma, Ohio more upside. It's like, guys, like, look at the Alabama. It's like, this is what happens when you don't get consistent coaches that will go every year. You know, they'll tell you you'll become an NFL player, but one guy who's there is not the one developing you. You know, stuff like that. And by the way, speaking of college football, uh, the big news here in the Mitten, Michigan is that the Two assistants, uh, Greg Madison, the former defensive coordinator, and then the last defensive line coach, uh, jumped to the Ohio's, and then the, along with the linebackers coach. And I was like, what the fuck? And then the just from the public guy, I was like, oh, my God, they gave up on Ann Arbor already? I, I really absolutely have no idea what the backstory is other than, hey, there's no loyalty in coaching at this stage, you know? Then Michigan apparently came back and offered more money or whatever, but I... I don't know. That, Greg Madison has done a great job. So, and then it's been like what seven, eight years since he came back under uh, uh, Brady Hoke as a defensive coordinator. And then when Jim Harbaugh came in, he got demoted basically into a defensive line, you know, linebackers, defensive line coach. So I'm like, I don't know, man. He took a demotion technically when Harbaugh came. So, but anyways, I, I'm not. I'm not losing sleep over it. I know people are going to make a big fucking deal out of it. And then Ohio, oh, took one from the Wolverines and all that. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'll be honest. Like, tell me. Get some proper other proper coaches and then get the ones that would get the recruits and attract and then go from there. So, 
Uh, there's that. Uh, quickly, some entertainment stuff because I didn't cover this last week, which is the. I've been I've been finally able to catch up on some shows like the Netflix Bandersnatch and then uh, some of the Golden Globe stuff that was going on. Although I stopped watching it after Michael Douglas went for the one for the Kaminsky project, which I haven't seen any of yet. I need to catch up with it. Uh, so Bandersnatch quickly. Uh, I didn't know there was an interactive film until I started playing it because people were talking about it, but I didn't even know. Because one thing I noticed uh, that was odd was like, hey, I cannot time scroll this thing so what the fuck is going on so i just like ended up sitting there watching it's like oh this is like mass effect or dragon age or whatever so and then i knew like okay yeah i think i went through all the endings that i could but i go like is this truly a black mirror series i know they put that black mirror bandersnatch i just go like just call it a bandersnatch you know i don't think this is necessarily a black mirror and then the choices were so I mean, it goes, and then I guess it's a point, spoiler alert, with the Bandersnatch storylines. Like, look, like, whatever you do, it's inconsequential. There's really a one ending to this, which is a problem with the video games I had, especially the Mass Effect 3 and whatnot, or the Mass Effect 2 to a degree. So I just go like, well, what was the point? There's like, there was no payoff at the end. I wasted $60. Now, aside from the weird philosophical ending Mass Effect 3 gave, I, that was the one game that completely turned me off. I was like, Mass Effect 2, I played with all the different choices, played over and over and over, and then I was hoping to have multiple different save choices, bring it to Mass, Mass Effect 3 and play it. But then the ending there they, they provided was just like, so, it was so mood. And then I just go like, what the fuck is the difference? I was like, I'm not going to play this shit again. So that, I'm still mad at that, along with the Watch Dogs, when I play the video games. So like, but BK, you knew this was going to happen. I was like, no, not, not really. No, I bought it on, the, like, a day one, two, and then I was so excited. To, I was so involved in it for those first seven days, and I knew people were angry about the ending, but I was like, I, let, let me be the judge of that, and I was re- I was really mad, and then they read the, but anyways, Bandersnatch kind of felt the same way. Whatever the choices you picked, it, it, it led you into a linear direction eventually so i just go like eh whatever it's interesting concept but is it a life revelation or anything oh my god something they've never seen before no especially because i play the games uh so and then uh ellen special i was seeing on netflix i haven't finished it but my god i i, I remember seeing one ellen stand up recently which was the johnny carson show she did in like 1987 or something or 1984 i can't remember in the 80s uh, and then I was just like, I don't remember Ellen being such a savage. And I, th- I thought I saw that as a review from one of the Hollywood reporter or something. But I was just like, Ellen can be a hater and then she's hilarious. <laughs> I knew she wasn't all nice and all, you know, out front. I know that's like an act as a talk show host, right? Especially during the daytime. But I didn't know that some of the jokes that she was dropping, I would just go like, I don't know, maybe because we haven't seen her talk like that, like really honest and you know back into old stand-up routine but actually seeing that and i just go like i i like ellen more because she's more of a savage more than i you know i i I thought of so there's that i'm gonna finish that stand-up at some point when i get time uh, over friday or this weekend or something or maybe i'm okay weekend if i don't get to it um Golden Globes, I didn't see any of it. I, I didn't know Sandra Oh was hosting it. I'll be honest, I was like, why is the hell is Sandra Oh hosting it with Andy Samberg? Is this is this the diversity thing? And then they just said put the put the Korean kitty lady in there. Um so they did, but then I find I really didn't watch the rest of it. 
uh i only saw the first winner which was michael douglas and i go like cool uh michael douglas has a wonderful comedy which i didn't know so i was like all right i'll go check that out i think somebody mentioned in the snapchat is like nobody watched the kabinsky project fuck this guy so but i was like all right i haven't seen it not all these shows i have no idea and apparently like crazy rich asians black panther and all these other movies really didn't win anything so i was just like what what so who won like Green Door, the one with Viggo Mortensen, and uh, I can't say his last name. Uh, but anyways, like I just go like, oh, okay, all the, and then I go like, well, Hollywood Foreign Press, good job, I guess. And then I listened to the episode from two years ago, or was it two years ago? Yeah, two years ago already, 2017, when I was talking about there was a Meryl Streep speech, and then I go like, I cover the Golden Globe there too, dang, but. Anyways, I, I really didn't care. I stopped caring about these awards. Like, Golden Globe is the one that, like, I guess people go, like, yeah, it's looser, it's drunkier, and then it's live. Who knows? But I'm just, like, I don't care. I really don't. I don't have time. So, <laughs> and then the worst award to watch is the Oscars. I think the last one I saw was 08, which was really fun. Who was hosting it? Was that Hugh Jackman or some shit? Is the one that Dark Knight didn't get nominated. Then I was mad. But it was thoroughly enjoyable Oscars. It's it is the 80th Academy Awards. How do I remember that? I don't, 2008, yeah. And then the host was why am I thinking? Oh no, it was John Stewart. Okay, and then uh, I think Hugh Jackman was later after. And then the year there was a one year where there was like Anne Hathaway and uh, James Franco, and James Franco looked drunk the entire time, something like that. So. Oh, the year after, 2009. Oh, yeah, this is the one, 81st, with Hugh Jackman. This is the one I remember, uh, the one that I go like, the fucking, what was it? There is no Dark Knight. Dark, uh, yeah, but then only thing Dark Knight won was with the, 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 what's his face? Heath Ledger as a Joker. And then Mickey Rourke didn't win. And then Sean Penn won as a milk. And I go like, oh, fuck. And then everyone thought Mickey Rourke was going to win. This was his comeback story. It didn't happen. Kate Winslet won as the reader. Yeah, and then I read the book and the watch the movie again. Penelope Cruz won. Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Yeah, I remember. I remember this 08, you know, movie season. And this is a okay. So this is really the last Academy Awards I saw. And then there's a whole controversy going on with about the Kevin Hart hosting and shit. And then I and I, I'll be honest. I it's just basically if you don't know, he had his old tweets with homophobia. You know. All that stuff from 10, 12 years ago. Uh, go go listen to my old episode about the Twitter Judgment Day. It was the episode 95, which had a surprising number of hits, about the baseball players and their Twitter troubles and I why I don't understand how far you should go back. You know, I mean, same for Kevin Hart. The thing is, he apologized previously about it, and he repeated the point on Ellen. Um and people are still not happy about it. And people are mad at Ellen for it. And I'm like, why? Like, what What difference does it make? I mean, I go like, people really care about this shit? And then some people are going like, well, you never said anything, you know, wrong before. You know? And then I go like, and then same for Hulk Hogan's shit when he came back on WWE this week. And then I saw a lot of comments on Facebook and then YouTube like, well, you haven't said a racist shit before? And I'm like, that's, and then people go into the whole wormhole of, oh, that's the casual racism right there. Um, but the, I cannot equate Kevin Hart and Hulk Hogan in this case. So 
in Kevin Hart's case, I I see where he was coming from. It was a joke that he was saying. It's like, you know, if I see that, I find out that my kid is gay, then I will beat him up. <laughs> you know, I just go like, okay. Like, that is a comedic homophobia. So I was like, okay, I get it. And then he's, he apologized. I was like, okay, I don't do that anymore. He doesn't make those jokes anymore. And look, man, I it's it's same for me, man. I used to say the F word. I, I really I really took that out of my vocab even in the I really did over the last ten years or so you know that society changed you know it's like you learn and then go and it's not I'm just like brushing it off but like especially like the homophobia and then gay people and lesbian and, and transgender people it really changed especially the last fifteen years especially even ten years ago I would say so there's that. Then Hulk Hogan won when he dropped the N-word casually, like when he was unknowingly, he says, getting recorded in the sex tape about his daughter Brooke going out with a black dude. He was like, wow, I want some rich-ass motherfucking N-word or something, like a rapper or some shit. And then he, and then that was from like eight years before, and he apologized, but the thing is, did he really... Did he, did it really cure his, you know, whatever racism or like, did he really get that out of his dictionary in his head? Because the thing, the trouble I have with Hulk Hogan is he apparently went back to the WWE locker room in the backstage last year, but his apology sounded like a non-apology according to the backstage reports. He could just go like, guys, brother, just like watch out for what you say. In the in the thing and make sure you're not recorded, brother. So which some people took it as okay, you sound like like apologize. You're just apologizing for getting caught, not apologizing for your actual words and actions and intents, like Kevin Hart did. He goes like, yeah, I used to say it, I live up to it. And then, uh, you know, my views are changing, and then obviously it has changed as his career progressed. But has Hulk Hogan said that? No. So I cannot equate the two. Kevin Hart, I, I'm hella more forgiving. And then I agree with him. It's like, how many times do I have to go back and for, ask for forgiveness? How many times? And then the other one was a Louis C.K. thing too. I did, like People are having this outrage thing from like 2010, 2011. I mean, Hogan's case, it, wasn't a, it was a part of a court case evidence. Kevin Hart's case, it's digging up an old tweet. Louis C.K., aside from all that harassment shit another thing that people started digging up was this thing from 2011 2012 like the uh comedians talking to comedians or something one with a ricky gervais chris rock and jerry seinfeld video and then he said the n-word in there i was like and then i even at that time i just go like what you, you didn't say that and then chris rock was like in disbelief he's like yeah it's, okay it was in a joking context manner and then Jerry Seinfeld was like, you can't say that. And then Ricky Gervais just kept laughing. I still remember this shit. And then I still remember other scandalous shit about the Facebook post that he had, like in 2007, 2008. And people are now surprised to see it. And I'm like, maybe I'm just like following the pop culture way too much closely so that I was already aware. And then I just had this in my memory bank. I was like, so I'm like standing there. I just go like, you didn't know about that? Like, I, I heard about it. Now you're getting angry? Seven, eight, nine years later? Twelve years later? I mean, really? I mean, yeah, so point it out. I don't know how severe it was, but, like, I thought you knew. You know, that kind of shit. So, going, and I just go, like, Kevin, so I'm going to keep it simple. Kevin Hart, 
I don't understand the rage now. Like, when, where does it stop? Hulk Hogan, not the same thing. I think it's just justifiably still be mad at him too. And he comes out and really explains what he apologized in the backstage for for WWE. Aside from the public apology, did which is like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess I was caught. Um, Louis C.K. Louis C.K. The N-word thing. I did not agree with it at that time either in 2011 when he said it on that HBO show. Uh, but I just go like, why are you digging this up as a character thing now? Like I thought everybody knew this was a big deal eight years ago. People forgot and then just come back and rage. And Ellen taking shit for defending Kevin Hart, and I'm like, and then people are mad at her about it. I I don't understand. Like, she's the lesbian icon and a hero. And I'm not saying that just gives a whitewash of everything, but I just go like, you're attacking one of your own? Is this where the priorities are as whatever social justice people or whatever the liberal people are? This is why the liberals get no fucking respect in this country. And then you got your priorities fucking upside down. You know, it's no different from the Republicans with their fucking wall. That Trump just gave a speech tonight, which was ridiculous. I'm like, that's the fucking priority, really? So, in that way, like, oh, social media is mad at Ellen. That's the other one, by the way. It's like, who the fuck is social media? It's like, netizens, uh, internet citizens are angry. I mean, whatever the Asian online culture we have, it's slowly coming. O- I mean, it has come here. It's like, netizens are angry. Angry. Like social media is angry. I was like, I stop my Twitter. I don't. I don't fucking comment on Instagram anymore. Who are these things? So why should we listen? Just like I, I, I stop even looking at it. Social media is angry at this. It's like okay, and the fact that the news media coverage still covers it as it's real news. I think I might have said this before in the Twitter Judgment Day. I don't understand. I don't get it. Like. It's this kind of story is just like flaming non-important shit over and over and over. Like this is why we're this is why people think liberals behave a certain way they do, and they don't get the respect. It's, and then it's like you're attacking your own kind, and then that I seen that comment from some people that sound like they're from the right supposedly. So why am I not surprised? And same for the. And this, uh, yeah, I guess I'll mention it. I didn't know. I thought there was going to be a State of the Union, but instead, apparently, the President Trump had to do a primetime speech about the wall and a government shutdown. And then the, apparently, the government shutdown, the downside of it is the National Parks is literally going to a shitter because of no workers or sanitary workers and whatnot, other than their, the, the essential, you know, emergency medical team or something. So it, that that is a visible damage that people would see, you know. IRS still functions, tax returns. That's essential. Government workers, it still goes. But this, I saw the end of the Trump speech. It's like this is a real, real crisis. You know how many, how much blood should Americans lose? And I just go like, I just like started laughing. I was like, come on, man. Like you're telling me that more. More Americans die from the so the illegal immigrant criminals, illegal. They're not a, yeah alien criminals more than the our you know the veterans you have in this country. 
or the school shooting victims that are from American, you know, citizens and residents who have mental illness or just have a short fucking temper but easy access to gun or just poisonous water that's not even fully clean or cancer. Really? Really? This is the national crisis. What about our fucking obesity? What about your fucking diet, man? Get the fuck out of here. Like, I think fucking you eat one more fucking filet of fish with your fork and knife. Like, that. that's more of a fucking crisis than this fucking wall. And I don't want to hear this, like, I, I no, I do want to hear a legitimate argument. It's like, what? It's a country's right to defend the border. I, I am for defending the fuck motherfucking border, whatever country you live in, but... Goddamn, you build a wall, build a metal fence, whatever. What do you think is going to happen? Somebody's going to hop over, somebody's going to dig under, somebody's going to cut through. Then what? And by the way, when's that wall fence going to be done? How long is that going to take? Forget what money we can spend on that thing. When's that going to be done? And by the time it's done, like, people are going to hop, go under, you know, cut through. Then what? Then what? Like, how does this, how does, how does this increase border security, weeding out the proper people that are trying to come across the border cleanly, you know, filtering out the intelligence properly with the Homeland Security, CIA, FBI, NSA, whoever, you know, shouldn't all those organizations be in sync if they really have tracked Americans and international intelligence so much? That we should be able to smartly detect who comes in and out. Clearly, the fucking visa process isn't perfect at that either. Green card isn't either. So instead of spending money on that shit and hiring smarter people to do smarter things in the immigration and the border security policy that way, no, at the TSA, we get these fucking half-assed high, like high school graduates patting you down in some town nowhere in Nebraska who has never seen a Middle Eastern person in his or her life Judging if that person is a random check or not. That's a security. Yeah, so let's build a fucking wall. Let's build a fence as a fucking compromise. That's a crisis. Give me a fucking break. And those who think that like, if just because you're against a wall fence is not against the border security, I'm sorry. That's your, you're just an idiot. It's no different from saying, I, I really think we should reconsider our spending, you know, on our defense spending. That's like, you know, seven times more than the next country. You're not a patriot. You hate America. I'm like, no, I didn't say that. Why can't we do shit more efficiently? Why do we have to do this, everything with a visible shit? A tank. A fucking flyover in an NFL game. A fucking wall. Fucking gun. You know? China. Iran. North Korea. Russia. You know, fucking some other country. In Eastern Europe, it's like hacking left and right, you know, leveraging existing online sources, attacking us, <laughs> attacking us, putting propagandas out there, stirring fucking flame war for no reason as a tactic. Yeah, let's let's get more F-22s. That's not going to fly. Oh, no, let's get the F-23 to fight who? Let's build a wall. What about a fucking cyber wall? What about hiring more people so that... It would incentivize smarter, smartest people in this country to work on some more serious project. This is why government jobs get shit because they don't pay, they don't do shit. It's not efficient. And then private, fri- privatization people want to take it. You know, like oh, like 
Just take it private. Just give it to the next company. But the reality of the fact is, companies gonna wrap the fucking money, or they don't do the job well, and then you get the shitty ass companies doing it, like we saw in the healthcare.gov, the first iteration of it. Like, spend more money on the right things, you know. Spend more money to get right people to do the right job. I don't see a problem with that. That goes with teachers too. That goes with the fucking border agents, TSA officers, our intelligence community, like. Weapons development. I mean, I'm like, let's work on some of the next level shit, shall we? I'm sure people think about this. I'm sure people say it. Like, what would incentivize me to go to work for a government? Uh, pay the money. Then I'll come. Honestly. Pay the money. I'll come. I know, like, there's, they had that since the Obama administration, the CTO of the White House and shit. So, but this, this president obviously rolled that shit back. NSA spending is down for other research. You know, I heard that from my sister. You know, uh, like and it, the, the, the national health and all that shit. So good job, we're behind, and then China's getting ahead on the research and all the cyber shit too. Then I mean, they move fast. Asian people, they move fast. You know, because com- compared to what you think, go to Korea, go to Japan, go to China, go to India, go to go to fucking Philippines and shit. See how fast Facebook and all that social media, social network moves in those countries. You know, just as fast as they move, you know, so do the bribes and so do the corruption and so do the so do the government surveillance. But, you know, but out of that, some of the talent just stick around and then just like get the power of money out of it. Like, can you do that in America? No, it's always the established power in this country. Oh, that's why we gotta build a wall. Oh, that's why we gotta keep pumping oil. Oh, that's why we gotta, we gotta, we gotta have a keep the flyover states the way they are. Oh, that's why we still need the coal miners and shit. I don't know where this rant went, but basically my point is, stop spending time and money on useless shit. And this, this Trump, this humanitarian crisis, my ass. So. I, I was a little ticked about that. Oh, I did not get to a LinkedIn topic again. Three weeks in a row this happens. But you know what? Don't worry. I'll come back next week. I don't want to go an hour on this shit. So thanks for listening. Uh, please subscribe. You know what? Rate the podcast. Even if you don't like it, rate the five stars. Subscribe. Subscribe. I'll put an instruction on how to do it. You don't even have to listen to it every time. Just subscribe it. You know, whatever. Apple Podcast. Uh uh, I said Twitch. It's not Twitch. Uh, TuneIn Radio, Podcatcher, Pocket Cast. It's on their SoundCloud. That's where this is hosted. Anything, any other pod thing you use, Google Play Music. I'm on there too. Only thing I'm on not on is a Spotify, but you'll find me. So thanks for listening. Send send any questions or whatever in person. In email or something. Email is aa-outlook.com. Email is aa-outlook.com. And then uh, we'll chat next week, pre-MLK weekend. You know, I really get to the LinkedIn topic because uh, I really got a topic out of it. That's, that's the return of the Y series. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Nobody's